This is Tori, she, her, and hers, and we're back for episode, I think it's 17, it could be 16, I don't fucking know anymore, it's a pandemic. With, what, are we counting part one, part two as two separate? Are I, they one episode? I don't know. I don't know. I know we're okay. here, we're ready to record, this is going to be an episode. Uh, today, on today's episode, I'm fucking excited, <laughs> um, my good friend, Catherine Watkins is with us. She's hey. amazing. We met, oh shit, two years ago now? Yeah, two years. Two years ago at a Resolutions Northwest training where they actually had an affinitive spa- affinity space for multiracial or mixed race folks. And it was like, <laughs> where have you been all my life? And um, so... Catherine, I'd like you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little about about yourself. Uh, we brought Catherine because um, during our episode with um, the professor Damon, we talked about a story around the Blue Lives Matter flag at Aloha High School. Wasn't Aloha High School? And oh, yeah. I was like, uh, "Hold on, I fucking know a lady who really was trying to do something about that, and ultimately had to leave because of it." Um, so. That's why we got you here today. I've been wanting you before all this. I got you here now. So introduce yourself. Tell us a little about yourself. And yeah, let's just get into it. All right. Well, uh, my name is Catherine Watkins, and I've been a teacher for 22 years. Um, 21 years of that was high school English. And then as a result of the Blue Lives Matter, um, I was um taken to uh, Cedar Park Middle School where I'm teaching sixth and eighth grade humanities. Um, And I actually love it. So while it might've been a deterrent to try to push me out further, um, it just gave me more power because I was with this amazing admin who anything that I suggested, she's like, why not? Why not? So um, I'm really excited working at Cedar Park Middle School now. Um, I'm a writer and my pronouns, I am actually going to be switching a little bit. So I have she and her, but we and us need to be added on to our pronouns. And so I'm going to start doing that. Um, and then what did I miss something? Um, no, no, that that's okay. yeah, that's it. Tell us a little bit more about the we and us, though, because this is the first time I've heard it. So tell me a little bit yeah. more about that. Um, I have a friend named um, Cole Reed, and she had said it at one point, And I was like, wait a minute right? How are we going to ignore some of the most important pronouns that ground us to each other? So that just like showed me how individualism is so, you know, succinct in America. And so I um, am definitely going to be putting on we and us because I speak in we and us all the time. Um, I use my experiences to guide 
But um, as I use those, I, I say we as in people or, you know, whatever group that we're doing. So um, not necessarily to be the representative, but to say there's another voice. So just because your black friend said that what you said is okay, there's other black voices that you need to listen to because we're not monolithic. We are us. I love I like that. It. I like it. I love it too. I yeah. love that because the yeah. individual piece too around, um, you know, I know as people of color, we often speak in we, let me look at me, listen to me, listen right now. Like right? We, we speak in we, and I remember an incident, um, an experience I had, um, in an interview process once and I, I didn't get the position, but one of the feedback was, you know, you need to talk more about your, what you've done. And I'm like, but I can't because I didn't just do it. You know, we did this. We did this project. It was a project that I worked on with other people. So that that definite dominant culture norm of I, I, me, mine is not, you know, is not the same for people of color because we mm-hmm. are collective in our yeah. voice. So I fucking love that. I fucking love right? that. Isn't it genius? So Cole Reed, I give out a uh, dibs to that because the moment I heard it, I'm like, oh, I'm changing that on every email signature. I'm like, that is it. I'm doing it in my classroom, everywhere. It's just the way I mean, because that's how I speak. Yeah. I bring those yeah. all the time. How can I not? I'm not exceptional. I'm part of a group. Mm-hmm. You know, I've gotten this far because of my groups. Yes. You know, I've got many tribes, many villages. So when I, when I need, you know, I, I call upon we and we stand up. Yes. Nice. I love that. I like that. I really like so, that. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, again, one of the reasons why I'm like, I got, we got to get Catherine on here is the Blue Lives Matter scandal, whatever <laughs> you want to call it, um, racism, obviously. Um, but you were really at the heart of a lot of that. Um, and I don't know, did would you were you ever interviewed by the media for any of the articles that were done, or was any of your work and efforts even noted? Um, yeah, actually, the um, the one that was done by Cynthia Vaughn, I think, um, she's the one who um, uh, interviewed me, and um, I had tried to uh, quite a few people. I was trying the Oregonian. I was just trying to get somebody to listen to me, and everyone's like, "Yeah, no," and then all of a sudden, um, Cynthia Vaughn was like, "Wait a minute." this is a messed up story and I, I just am working on something. And so eventually she came back and um, asked me to tell a story and I ended up crying it all out. So I, I was hoping I was getting all the points out, but, you know, re-traumatizing myself as I'm really thinking about, this is a reporter who's finally listening to me when my, my, my building wouldn't listen to me, my district wouldn't listen to me, other outlets. So then I'm like, maybe I am just overreacting because I couldn't get a crazy check anywhere except for, you know, my friends like you and stuff where you guys are like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, but you're not a majority. And I I needed a majority to authorize my uh, perspective. You know, even though I had my students telling me everything, I was talking to other teachers of color. I still needed a, an authoritative authorization, I guess. Mm -hmm. Why do we do that? I, that's why, I, you know, because I, I hear that too. Because when we had, you know, a situation going on, you're right. It's like, I'm almost waiting for somebody in authority to confirm, like to say, you're right. And mm-hmm. I'm like, they're just people too. Why do I need them to confirm what I know to be terrible? Like, I, I mean, I feel it in my bones. Why do we do that? I don't know. We're trained and conditioned though. I mean, because we got it on three levels too, right? So we have it as women. 
-hmm. We have it as people of color. Mm -hmm. And then there was a third one. I just stopped for a second. Um, Hello. Or maybe that was all I was going to do. Anyways, really, on the the front of the woman front and the male front. Oh, um, religion. Religion also teaches us to submit to, you know, are you sure you better go find out? You know, and so that whole sense of self um, autonomy and um, being able to recognize that there is a wrong and that you don't need to check it because you've already been checking it so much. It's time to stop checking and acting because I think that overchecking is part of the insanity um, and part of the, the, the traumatizing that happens because you, you need enough voices to say, no, you're okay. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah. okay, you've, you've got 10 voices that said, okay, you've read those books, you've done this, this, and the, you're okay, stop it. Yeah. You have right. the authority to say this is wrong, even when everybody else says it's wrong, um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the, you know, that's the, the power of the gaslighting of the white supremacy in action, right? Is Mm -hmm. that it constantly lives in our brain. And then the patriarchy in action, kind of like what you said, is that it lives in our brain to not believe our experiences unless the dominant culture says, yeah, that's your experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and yet we, we know that they're not going to, right. Cause that's how they hold power. So, but we, yet we keep going and check it. Am I okay? Am I okay? Like you said, you sat with us, I don't know how many times talking about it and talking about your experience. And, um, I'm just wondering if you could kind of take us back as much as you feel comfortable. Cause I'm definitely, you know, trauma informed. Don't want you to have to re- relive your trauma, but like what, what, like kind of what happened in the Genesis of it all. Right. Like when, like it was there and then you know, what was the movement for you and around like, okay, now we got to do something, right? You, you mentioned your students of color definitely were feeling it. Some of your colleagues of color, like I, I often wonder what pushes us when we're in these situations to say, you know what, I'm going to fucking step up and say something. Yeah. Um, so kind of for um, you, like what, what was it? I really, I, I'll, the memory that I have most is that I had posted the multinomial um, article and I was like, nobody should have to experience this. Um, this is a woman of color who is speaking um, from her experience who works there and everyone's saying, oh, sorry, you got cut. I'm going to slash you now. There was just no reception to her experience, even though she was a coworker there. Um, and so I had posted that. And then someone that I worked with said, you know, we've got one at, at Aloha, right? And I was like, no, 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 no. And um, I, I, I don't know. I, I just couldn't believe it. And I asked a little bit further, and he said that it was hanging in the um, SRO's office. It was big as life. Um, there's a chair, a chair that was placed under it. So then the children have to like pretty much sit underneath mm-hmm. this Blue Lives Matter chair or, you know, flag. No. Um, and Aloha High School is like 60% um, ethnic. So um, largest um, ethnicity is um, Latino. And then um, from there, it trickles down. Um, but here we have it where, you know, most people who are conscious of race issues know that Blue Lives oh, Matter um, is, a, is a partnership with um, ICE. You know, it's a partnership with white supremacy. So we're, you know, flaming up these children and nobody's saying anything about it. So I had to check to see if that flag was there. Not that I didn't trust my friend, but I just 
I, I didn't want to go to my principal and say, I heard, yeah, you know, right. I had to verify. So um, I, I like the with, fact that you're fact checking. Oh yes. Always mm-hmm. girl. I, I watch CNN and then I watch Fox. Then I watch <laughs> CNN and then I watch Fox and then I go online. I mean, like I am not going to be misled. Mm-hmm. I'm tired right. of people being misled. So, um, I walked past the SRO's office for a few times and his shade was down. So I'm like, okay. And then one day it was up and I saw it and I got physically ill. My stomach just dropped. There's something about hearing about it, but then when you actually see it and it's like all those circles of reality just go into like straight focus and you're just like, holy shit, where am I? Mm -hmm. Because I know I'm a woman of color teaching children of color in a district that is predominantly of color. And there is that there with no context, um, no care. Um, I, I was just floored. So once I saw it and I felt it and I'm like, I will not have my students feeling like this. So I went to my principal and the vice principal and I said, I have something. I was originally going to the principal to talk about a racist teacher, which that's a whole other story who told another child not to read Baldwin to listen to his teachers. He as a white man was a minority. So my black student needed to shut up and listen to his students. That's a whole other story. Okay. But put a pin in that one. (laughs) But that's what I was going to the principal for. And then the shade was up and then I saw that flag. So I had my own visceral experience, not even realizing that I was tumbling from my own experiences with the police. Um, I was just seeing it as, oh my gosh, do the students know this? Can we do damage control right now? Because this is so bad and um, I'm embarrassed and I'm scared. So um, I went to the the principal and vice principal and told him that, you know, I've got two things that we need to talk about. Um, and so first put um, put on there that um, they needed to address this, this teacher who went off um, on the student. Um, and then I said, and then the other thing, and I said, I'm really nervous about this, um, but we have a Blue Lives Matter flag hanging in the school. And they were all like, what, huh, what is that? I don't know. One vice principal actually said, I don't keep up with these things. Like it's a trend. Oh, jeez. Yeah. This was also an admin where when I was doing the BSU uh, meeting for the students to tell admin how they feel about the Blue Lives Matter, when I said, well, you know, with us melanated folks, and the vice principal um, says, excuse me, could you um, say what uh, melanin is for everyone in the building or in the room that doesn't know who it is? And so I just raised up my my hand that lacks a lot of melanin. And I was like, we've got, and the kids were like, melanin. I said, I think we know what melanin is. Wow. Yeah. So that was an experience within itself. So um, he had his computer out. I said, you really need to research this because this is not a trend. This is something that affects our black students, our Latino students, but it also affects all of our students because they're all friends. Mm -hmm. And how do friends support black friends who are triggered and don't even know why? Because they just walk the hallways, Mm -hmm. but we're always scanning. You know, Mm -hmm. how do they support their Latino friends? Do the Latino children even understand the connection between that flag and what it is triggering? Because all of that symbolism is all silently fed into these children. Mm -hmm. And so I was just reeling. And so I was trying to explain to them about what the flag means and how it was a retaliation after Black Lives Matter. Um, If if it was just a blue line, the the thin blue line's been around for a long time. And while it's problematic within itself, 
um, putting it on an American flag and then doing this this argumentative blue lives matter as mm-hmm. if we are Smurfs in the community, um, it threw me off huge. So he started, um, the, the vice principal started um, researching a little bit and throwing out ideas. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to give you guys all this information. You need to learn this, but listen to me right now. I am telling you as a person of color, this is a scary image for us to have in a place that we say is um, welcoming Mm -hmm. and that safe and safe. Right. Mm -hmm. And so how are our children supposed to be feeling safe when we have the equivalence? And again, um, I guess I have to put the little preface, you know, that I'm not against police, but I'm against police who think that they're vigilantes or that they can um, fulfill their high school bullying adventures in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let me play the card. I have police in my family, okay? Yeah. I've had an officer in my family who was shot on duty. So, you know, th- we can play that whole thing, right? But the fact of the matter is I have an issue with abusive cops. Yeah. So when I see Blue Lives Matter, I see a warning sign, no Negroes allowed, mm-hmm. no Mexicans, no dogs, no shoes, mm-hmm. no service. Mm-hmm. That's what it, it translates. Now, again, that's me, my knowledge, my experience. So I started asking the other students and they were coming up with their own and it was nothing warm and fuzzy. It was all very concerning. And should I worry about my mother and father coming in here because they're not, um, they're not residents. And, you know, it's just so much trauma and I'm the only person that they feel comfortable talking to. Mm -hmm. So I, it was my responsibility to go to that principal and that vice principal and relay and then trust that they would take on their leadership and run with it. And um, that did not happen. Um, It just seemed to have got worse and worse. And then I started thinking it was kind of messed up that these two new admin came in and the district didn't even have a policy to deal with that so that they wouldn't have to deal with it. And I started thinking it really wasn't a principal's issue. It was a a superintendent's issue. Yeah. Well, I went directly um, and sent an email to um, the um, superintendent and asked him, do we have a Blue Lives Matter um, policy? because they're, you know, it's really affecting our most ethnic school in the district. And um, he bounced me back to the principal Hmm. and the principal bounced me to the actual officer so that my confidentiality was blown. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And then I was asked to sit with this officer so I can hear his side of the story. No. What? No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, okay, is <laughs> I, I want to know the ethnicity of the superintendent, and Girl. Girl. I mean, I can guess, Girl. but Girl, stop. I, I, again, I, I want appreciate, I appreciate what you're trying to do, but you know, you know. So. Oh, you my. want me to clarify? You want me to clarify? Um, <laughs> I don't. Maybe for our listeners, because I re- I can guess. I can yeah. Guess. So, um, and this is the thing that needs to be said though about admins, that the admin could be black, could be Latino, could be white, as long as they're under a system that is demanding that they respond to white supremacy, um, it doesn't matter what color they are. Um, 
And as I've been learning, we have a lot of um, educators, um, they're BIPOC, but they're not racially conscious. Mm -hmm. So you have a district that's hiring black people and Latinos thinking that, oh, check mark, we're doing this. But they fail that question of, do you know about critical race theory? Mm -hmm. But this is a question that needs to be asked to white people as well. Mm -hmm. You're entering a district of 60% ethnic. Do you have uncomfortable conversations? How do you prep a classroom for when this happens? What self-work are you doing? What anti-racist work are you reading? Like, it's a whole process that is somehow cured just by having a person of color in the classroom, and we've seen right. that doesn't work. Right. I mean, um, I, and I would go to, I, I would, I love that as far as um, in every government agency as part of their hiring, uh, you know, those questionnaires. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see that if you're if you're moving up, I want to see you answering those questions right there. I want to see what you're doing. I don't don't just give me some words. I want to know what you have done in this area when it comes to uh, uh, being aware of whatever your own personal biases are, whatever you know. Because uh, you know, I always say I have my own. But what work are you doing in order to identify those things? So I I love what you just said there. Yeah, I think that. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I think that that's the, that's the key because what what do we always hear, right? Well, how do we how do we know we're hiring the right person? Well, you got to ask the right questions. You can't mm-hmm. you can, there's not one person that's going to come into an interview room and say, "Yeah, I don't like black people," or "I don't mm-hmm. like um homosexuals," or "I have a problem with transgender." They're always going to say, "I don't see color. Yeah. I don't see I love everybody." Because all you have is a standard Pat, cultural diversity. Well, what is it? How how has it been for you yep. to work with people of other cultures, motherfucker? You always work with people of older, other cultures. It doesn't matter what their skin color is. Right. Where everybody has a culture, and there's always cultural differences. Like I would love to see that the the next level of. Can you tell me about critical race theory? Can you tell me about the difference between anti-racist and non-racist? Can you mm-hmm. tell me and talk to me about? trainings books articles things that you have read to show me that you are using your critical thinking skills around race bias and and prejudice in the workplace right well and above all the most important question when you are racist how do you handle it Right. Because we are raised to be racist. Mm -hmm. And so those who have been working to get out of it, you know, that's that's one thing. Those who are either oblivious or willfully like uninterested, they do not belong in public servants um, jobs, nurses, doctors, um, police, EMT, teachers, all of that stuff, Mm -hmm. because you will do something racist. Mm -hmm. It's in our cartoons. Okay, so we're going to do something racist. And so when it happens, what are you going to do? And I've really been taking on that idea of like the 12 step program, you know, that, you know, you first have to name out the problem, (laughs) you know, and then you got an action plan, Mm -hmm. you know, and then pulling from my roots from Catholicism, um, you've got the act of contrition. Yeah. I acknowledge this horrible sin. I will be mindful to make sure that I do everything to fix it. I'm going to do this. And then it's like, and if you don't forgive me, I understand it. But I mean, that's, that's doing the work because someone can call me racist. I'm like, Oh my damn, where, what I've got to figure this out. So I don't repeat this again. I am so sorry that I was racist at that point. And then I learned. Yeah. 
Yeah. But if I go bulldog, I'm not racist. I've got to, I've got to, I'm racist. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't want that I'm racist. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I guess the thing that is just like, it just continues to blow me away is, and then they send you to the police, you know, to that police officer. Like that to me is like, hello. Yeah. You skirting the buck. Yeah. And I mean, you know, skirting the buck as that. if. Yeah, I mean, that is, like, so dirty. Yeah, but so what, what dirty. happened is that when he sent that to me, I had spoken to a lot of um, educators of color, and I thought we were on the same page, but we were in private, and I outed them. And I still don't know how I'll ever get that back because I should have asked them because I CC'd them on the that email and said, I think we should all sit down. And the principal lost his shit. And then so eventually he called me in because he said that I have a problem with, um, you know, dealing with people. Oh, Jesus. And that um, because I put all those people on the email that um, all these people of color were coming to me, um, to him saying, does she think because we have the same color that we have the same thought? Oh, um, another one was crying, he said. So he did that whole divisive stuff. And I'm like, okay, so what about the, per um, the, the people of color who actually said that um, they do want to sit down? Or the people of color who really don't want to because they're scared of you because this is what you do. Mm. Like you're teaching them right now. Mm -hmm. And it's all, oh, give me respect to do this in a way. It's delicate. And it's like, okay, you've got. How is it delicate? For him, he's an ex mm. So he has a lot of military brotherhood mm -hmm. programming. And so for him, it's delicate. And he doesn't know how to stand up to other white people to say no, or he believes in it. And oh, he. I would go, he believes in it. I mean, after all the, the yeah. information they gave him, how could it's retaliatory? It's yeah, it's not authentic. Yeah. So and yeah. to be for real, I would probably say out of all the probably the other folks that you were talking about, you know, that you outed, I would probably say only one complained because, yeah. you know, People of color, we all typically are like, oh, yeah, maybe what you always have one in there that's nervous, yeah. afraid. The yeah, exactly. Candace Owens. Candace Owens. Yeah. Right. And then, and then you have, and then you have, you know, now it's, well, everybody didn't want to be out. You know, they telling you everybody didn't want to be outed. Mm hmm yeah. And and again, it might have been, and that was that on me because I should have said, Hey y'all, I want to do this. Do you want to out yourself with me as I've been outing myself for the 15, 16 years that I was in this school? Like someone want to out themselves instead of me yeah. being the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I should have done that. And so that was definitely my bad. And anyone who does that kind of force of numbers really need to make sure because not everyone wants to come out. Right. You know, it's it's difficult to stand. And then you only stand with one or two against the system. So right. you got to be in a headspace for that work. Right. So I, did, I, did you all did you end up having to meet with the officer? I refused. OK. Um, and then I um, asked him, why did he blow my confidentiality? Um, that I see that the officer is on this email. So my, the officer knows it's me. Mm -hmm. And he said that, um, the officer already knew that I had a problem with the flag. Hmm. I don't speak to the officer. <laughs> I mean, maybe everybody knows I have a problem cause I'm very loud about it. And I'm like, you know, support our children. Um, 
I, I don't know. But that was his story was that he put me on there because the officer already knew. But still, when you're practicing confidentiality, you err on the side of caution yeah. and you don't put in the complaint with the complainer. Right. So um, dumb move, but whatever. I think it was done on purpose. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that to me, like, that's a strategic move of, you know, like you said, there's that there's the the military brotherhood. And Ugh. so he was having that guy's back more than he was mm-hmm. having your back. Oh, yeah. Which then, I mean, quite frankly, puts you at risk in in the community then. Right. Because yeah. then at what point does that officer share with other officers and then you're out driving or you they find out where you live like that retaliation is real. That fear of retaliation yeah, is right. real. And it trickled down. I, I did hear from other officers that um, some of my friends are are with that, you know, someone's bothering the Blue Lives Matter flag at Aloha. I don't know if they knew my specific name, but it was starting to get stoked. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I'm out here without an admin or a superintendent supporting me. This is great. So, um, so yeah, I almost left the somebody is messing around with that flag. Yeah. That's what they said. Somebody is messing around with the Blue Lives Matter flag out in Aloha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though we have these pillars of equity, right? right. We've got these pillars. Pose up. Yeah. So the it was pose up. See, yeah. that's the kind of stuff that gets on my nerves. It's yes, we we you know, we want to work on equity, diversity, blue, blue, bloop. We have these plans, we have these strategic plans, we have these pillars, we whatever they all want to call it. But when the shit hits the road, it's like, well, this is delicate. Well, we don't want to offend. You're messing with, you know, tradition. You're then it becomes like, okay, so then what's what what why are we spending all this time looking at how to develop a plan or these pillars whatever it is all of a sudden we can't do anything like we can't move you know why i want to tell you why go ahead sister we talk about the diversity problem we talk about the ethnic problem all this stuff we don't talk about the racist problem Mm -hmm. so all these things that they're putting around racism to to look is all performative but no one is saying and so like that's why i'm straight out coming out as an anti-racist educator i'm not gonna fluff you anymore I am going to do what we need to because we're not gonna fix this unless we call out the demon right so no more it's the it's the white man's problem you know this whole white man's burden of taking care of all these people of color in the world no you created that problem for yourself you could have been happy with your family but you had to control 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 so now you're in a position of a prison yourself you're just the guard Mm -hmm. but you're still in the facility with us Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know for reals yeah Yeah, for reals yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, like I think that. and I think it's interesting too like <clears throat> we've been talking I've been talking with some folks especially currently right around um the disingenuousness of or performativeness of mm-hmm. statements right right now that are coming out. Uh virtual signaling. Virtual signaling. It. I call it fronting. Why are you fronting on me? Right. Cuz right. even the virtue signaling is the white uh, uh, um, excellence, right? The white yeah. exceptionalism, the white, oh, we're going to give it this name because it's going to make us sound really fucking smart and academic. Motherfucker, you're fronting on me. 
Don't okay. front on me with your front your fucking statement unless there's going to be action behind it. You know? Okay, I'm, I'm keeping that. Yeah. Fuck virtue signal. I understand it when people bring it up to me, but I'm going to use fronting. I like that. Yeah. That's real. Because they're trying to take away our vocabulary, right? They're trying mm-hmm. to whitewash our vocabulary because it's not professional. It's not academic. It's not all the fucking white exceptionalism, right? Yeah. And so quit fronting on me. Quit fucking saying shit. Let me see what you're going to do. Because even before this, we've had the pillars of equity, the mm-hmm. mission statement, the values. Yeah. But no no agency, no organization is really living up to those values. And then when we, as people of color, say, um, we have this thing in our values that says equity and we're not doing it, then we get labeled as problem makers. Problem. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's delicate. We're working towards it. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm much like you, like, time's up. Time's yeah. up, boo. We, we've been doing this for 400 plus years or longer. Yeah. Yeah. Like time's up. And as Dave Chappelle said, the streets are speaking. <laughs> yes, they are. I love it. I mean, to see all those young people out there, I'm like, oh my damn. Like, yeah. I taught those kids. I know other educators who taught those kids, and there they are. And you're just like, they really do. They really right. do have a chance, that, I think. That to me is hope right there. Right yeah. there is like hope. I may not see it in my lifetime, but the fact that you see so many, it's not just uh, people of color out there. It's these white kids that yes. are throwing their bodies in the way. And I mean, they are fighting. So mm-hmm. I'm like, go, go young people. Go. Well, and you know, this experience made me kind of look back at a lot of the black and white photos from the 1960s to look at where are the white people? Um, and there are a lot of photos of black and white people together, but when it goes to the textbook, it's just black people and like one or two white people and Bernie Sanders in there somewhere. I don't know. (laughs) Gotta throw Bernie in there. Bernie's gotta be in there. Put a bird on it. (laughs) Um, but then like you never see that there were a lot of white people working with black people. And Mm -hmm. so we, 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 you know, through these images, we're teaching children that it was a black issue yeah. rather than an American issue. Mm-hmm. So to see all these white people walking with everybody else, I'm like, oh, there's a right. chance. Yeah. Because right. I think white people are tired of this stuff. I think that, you know, they, they're done, but they don't know. They just don't know the trauma they're in. Right. Yeah. I don't, you know, and again, I don't want to centralize them to say, oh, they're traumatized. Let's no, but there is white trauma as a result of being taught how to be an abuser. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Right. Right. I think um, when I first, you know, I think about, you know, just uh, going back way back, you know, in the uh, time warp when roots came out, Mm. you know, my mom, my mom brought it up and she was like, well, I just didn't know. And then roots come out. Right. And then everybody's when roots came out, it was like, you know, it was a mini series and it kind of gave a different uh, look as to the history of African-Americans. And I remember my mom saying, I just, I, I didn't know. Right. Mm. Um, and then obviously people championing for black folks. Yes. You know, yes. And getting inspired, but then that's about it. It fizzles out. And then mm-hmm. when a movement comes out, you know, then it's like, what, why are they so mad? Didn't you just watch damn Roots? You know, weren't you, uh, you know, didn't you see all the other movies, inspirational movies? 
Do you not understand why they're upset and angry? Do you really not get it? And then you throw in, well, blue lives matter or mm. all lives matter. Hello? Take you know, I, I mean, and then I, on Facebook was inundated with, you know, I wish that they would protest like Martin Luther King. Mm. You know, I, I'm just like, you know what? And they treated him like a, a dog too. He had a 63% hating rate, right. 63%. But we raise these children to think that there was just like 10 or 20% that didn't like exactly. him. No, it was straight up, mm -hmm. you know? And even he said, I think I have integrated my people into a burning house. Yeah. So he even started realizing, mm, maybe we need to do a different tactic than this. But they killed him before right. he could actually guide us. Right. Um, not that it should have been all on Martin's um, shoulders. I mean, damn. Yeah. James yeah. Baldwin, mm -hmm. all yeah. the all the lectures, all the speeches, all the writing, um, Lorraine Hansberry. I mean, you have people doing it all over the place, but it didn't it didn't keep on going because the seventies made us think that we all loved each other again. And we, we, we said, we're not going to talk anymore. PC, yeah. PC means silence, you know? So exactly. we're going to rename stuff. And, we're, and if we're, stuff comes up, we're not going to talk about it because it's not politically correct. When really it means it's, it's like not um, letting white supremacy continue. Yeah. It's right. interrupting whiteness. And we sure as hell don't want to do that because it works. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You oh, know. Can I get an amen? Oh, <laughs> hallelujah! Yeah. Uh, you know, I yeah, I am loving it. Um, because you are correct. You are very much correct. And and part of what I you know dislike about people again is you know when they start this whole you know, it it, it always is the same thing. Well, I just didn't, and I said this last time. I just didn't know. I wasn't aware. And I said, that's because you don't want to know and you mm -hmm. don't want to be aware, but that's, that's the privilege that you have as, you know, as a white person, you can walk away from, you know, from this and close the door and, you know, keep your head in the sand, but then don't get upset because you've ignored it and you've decided to ignore it when the streets are burning. Mm -hmm. and the looting and the protesting, then you don't have a right to start saying, well, why can't they just do it peacefully? Because you weren't listening, girl. Yeah. Listening. And, you know, I try to temper my anger on that sometimes because I'm like, how could you not, you know? Um, but the thing is, if we look at our educational system, mm -hmm. I remember school being like projects and like creativity. What can your mind think? And, you know, connecting with the people in love. Of course, that was like the early 80s, right? So we had the residuals of the 70s going in. But then it was like, uh, test, test, test. Don't think creatively. Don't consider anybody else. Are you doing better than everybody else? Why aren't you doing better? And so it just became so competitive that the school lost its sense of community and I think this is a beautiful opportunity for us to get that because I'm seeing how my community at um, Cedar Park Middle School is um, responding. These um, these uh, posters are getting ripped down by people and the parents are coming back up and the parents are like, I will pay for material so the children can keep having their voices up there. Wow. I mean, it's been amazing stuff. And so this is such a pivotal time for us to like strike. This could be our uh, 2020 um, vision, you know, like yeah. we really do see it now mm -hmm. and we're not gonna go back. 
Right. And the way these children are acting, I'm thinking there's a chance that we we won't have to go back if we let them let them speak. Right. Yeah, we were talking uh, last week uh, with Damon about um, the 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 shift from revolution to evolution. And he mm-hmm. talked a lot about like, you know, revolution gets you the same old thing over and over again. Evolution actually flips it over and says we're going to do yes. it differently. And I and I do feel like that's where we're at in this movement is that you have an, you have the streets, you have the people saying we're not going to do this anymore and also making the connection of racism and capitalism, right? Yes. That we if we didn't have capitalism Capitalism had depended on racism, right? Because oh, yeah. black bodies have been a commodity since the moment they came to this, were stolen, kidnapped, and brought to this country. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I I think, and and kind of what you were talking about too around the the shift in the education, the you know the eighties being that shift into individualism and the competition and all the things, you know the the. 80s were great but they were also horrible because it was about competition it was about you know how much money could you make and how many yachts could you own and how big could your house be and i i i i and i'm just kind of curious in terms of your experience as a teacher because i you know my again we've been knowing each other for a minute now so (laughs) i i I remember you talking about you trying to bring some of this stuff into your classroom and you weren't a history teacher but you were bringing mm, yeah. it in, right? You were bringing yeah. it in in the in the readings that you were having kids do, in the writings that you were having kids do, and the pushback from parents that you got around that, and and, and the history department, yeah, like, and and how we have have categorized, like you can only talk about the racism and the history of racism in history class, right? Mm-hmm. When we have to talk about it in every class, right, in every section of why this exists and so i'm wondering if you could just speak to a little bit about your experience around that um because i remember when you did the privilege thing and mm. what happened from that so yeah um share, share, share that what what happened bring it bring it to the table miss Catherine. can we bring a can we put a pin on that one for a second yes okay i'm writing that one down what was that topic again the wife the privilege, the privilege. Okay. Yeah, that was me. Um, So to the question, I think it's irresponsible for any English teacher not to ensure that there is a a background knowledge of history of the time, um, the people, the authors, all that stuff. It would be nice if we didn't have to do that work and that the history um, classes would take care of that. But pretty much from my second year of teaching, um, I was teaching Donner Party and we were going in about the Native American Scouts and um, we started pressing it further um, about the Native American story as Western um, expansion was going on. And this one history teacher in um, Arizona, he was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm teaching American literature. And he goes, this is not the curriculum. I'm like, yeah, it is because here's the story. And so I'm giving them the background information with the supplemental work. And he goes, well, and I'm like, what? What? Can't say anything. But he's like, okay, well, it's just that we have these kids that are asking questions and we don't know how to answer them. And I'm like, you're a history teacher and you don't know how to answer some of these historical questions because they know white history. Yeah. 
but they don't know the black side of the story. They don't know the indigenous side. They don't know all the other sides. And that, again, can we really fault them? Because that's how they were taught. Their curiosity has been killed out of them. Um, they might have an investment in their whiteness. They may be possessed by their whiteness. Um, it could be a smorgasbord of things. But whatever it is, every time I've come up upon history departments, I've had them asking me for materials. And that blows my mm. mind because I'm just an English teacher. Um, but that second year um, taught me I'm not. Yeah. I'm a curriculum. Like, I took that cross-curricular advice to, to, like, heart. So if I could bring math in, okay, if I could bring science in, if I could bring history. And then as I realized I'm just not smart in math and science, I was like, okay, just history and English, we could do that. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was really the thing that opened up my eyes. And then I'd see other English teachers just teaching Huckleberry Finn. Mm not the background of stuff, not having those, we're going to have a lot of uncomfortable conversations. We will not be saying this word out loud. This word is used more than the, um, the pages of the book, you know, all that's that prep work. Um, mm -hmm. I don't see happening. Yeah. And it's sad, you know, and I feel like the colleges and their teaching um, programs need to have that as mandatory, you know, indigenous history, you mm -hmm. know, black history, you know, Mexican history know your public that you're serving yeah it's not about you yeah right. and and that curriculum piece and and we we've talked about this previously but um you know even the school of social work can't fucking get on board right mm -hmm. like i you know being a social worker being a graduate from the school of social work to hear that they can't even decide how to diversify their curriculum for the people mm -hmm. that are going to go out and serve historically marginalized populations right like well yeah. if we if we say 50 percent of our curriculum must be from uh bipoc folks well how do we know which ones to choose right what yeah like that's their, their fear is like well but how will we know which ones well that's what you actually fucking talk about is well, how do I'm we like what do you mean you're only doing one right now <laughs> what do you even if you add two three more it don't matter you know you're already teaching one only Seriously, oh. why not let the children lead? Yeah. So, you know, I looked at the curriculum at the middle school. I was like, okay, that's cute, <laughs> but it's Black History Month. And that's how I celebrate with my children is we learn black, 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 right? <laughs> so I've got the stuff I want to lay down, but then I write all of these other topics and then I have them pick out a topic and then they do their research on those topics and then they teach it so that we get through 38 different topics wow. in black history. So, and it's just really that preview. You know, they don't have to be like, here's the whole information, but those kids stand up for two and a half minutes, say something, and then I'm like, anyone curious? What you think? Write it down. You know, trying to get that curiosity churning in them because they didn't know, but now they've got a whole menu of options to further look at. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, eighth graders starting to read Malcolm X's book. Wow. And I'm like, oh my gosh, an eighth grader. So, I mean, it just opened up so much more. But again, it's all about that choice. Mm -hmm. So um, when I was going to get ready to do my um, Latino unit, that was going to be the same format, the basis of, you know, what we're going to build off. But then they have all these other topics because there's just no way we're going to be able to cover everything, even K through 12. Yeah. America's too dirty. 
we got yeah. too many skeletons. We got too many too much laundry. That's so right. At least to spur the curiosity, so when it comes up, they go to Google. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think the other thing is we don't want white people to feel bad. I'm over that now. No, but I'm saying that's you yes. know that that yes. that's the, the we, we you know yeah we got so many skeletons mm -hmm. in this closet we just don't want white people to feel bad anymore. Mm -hmm. But I can't you know I was and I it's so crazy because we were talking about this too. It was like if I had had a teacher like you growing up, oh hell. We would still be <laughs> no. That was like I, I said this in the last podcast. I said here I am going through history as you know Latino. And uh, there's no, there's, th I got nothing. I got all, you know, all the American, or not American, but the white history. And then I got a little bit of black history. And then I, we just must have appeared. Like we yeah. just must have somehow came from Mexico and just got here. And here we are, illegals. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, oh, I, I, go let ahead. Let me tell you, <laughs> every time I have done my um, Chicano studies, um, uh, unit I have Mexican children sitting up stronger right also they really paying attention all of a sudden exactly. and then when they hear that Mexico was offered 30 million dollars for a property that did not have a for sale sign out and Mexico says no thank you and then America goes well we're just going to steal it because that's yeah. what we do right. and so Mexico's like the hell you will so they start manning up there's a whole fight and then when it's all over America throws 15 million dollars on the um, night table like they're whores right and going we're right. not even give you the 30 million mm -hmm. right and then I ask the kids I'm like what is the wealth in Mexico all or, sorry in um, California all the way up to the Oregon and they're like uh gold I'm like okay what else they're like uh timber I'm like what force would America would Mexico have been if America just stayed where it had already intruded? Right. You know, they already did enough damage, and they were already dealing with slavery at that time, and they're going to start putting in some more stuff in the mix, so we're all like, here, right. let's start juggling around with all these people. What are you doing? Right. And they'd pit all of us together, so it was actually really important for them to do that because right. then all of a sudden we have Mexicans against Native Americans, mm -hmm. or excuse right. me, Indians, right, rather than indigenous combining together right and then you have spanish mexican to make sure that that was a division within mexicans i mean it's just right. so disgusting it goes right down to the willie lynch letter right you teach this system and it will be self-sustaining for hundreds of years to come mm -hmm. right whether that is a factual document or not i don't know but it's truth right yeah it's, and, and, and my thing is like you said when people know their history they begin to let go of shame yeah, they begin to let go of you know all the other isms. They feel mm -hmm. pride amongst themselves, and they are armed with truth. They aren't armed with. Well, go back to your own country, right? You know, it's more. Oh it, my god, you just made me think. So I have this one. Sorry. <laughs> no, come on now. This is this is what we do here. This is what we do. Y'all got some popcorn. Um, so I've got this one um, lesson that I do um, called "What Is Your Ethnic Makeup." And I used to do this for my 11th graders, which was American literature. And time and time again, I'd have all these kids of color just so excited because some knew, some didn't know, some were like kind of, but then all these white kids were like, well, I can't do this assignment. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? And it wasn't until I created that assignment that I realized like these children are groundless, mm -hmm. you know, like 
while this stuff has been stripped away and stripped away from indigenous native american or um african-american latinos all like that there is this this generational knowledge that we just have in our dna that that grounding and we still have the survivors who kept it alive for us mm -hmm. but for white people they really don't think they have a culture because all their cultures coming from Ireland and Italy and all those things had to sell their cultures out to not be um, in danger, yeah. to be part of the white club. Mm. And so even with my family, um, it was the O'Reilly's, but eventually it just became Riley, mm. you know? And so all that stripping away of their cultures. And so I'm like, no, 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 babies, look beyond the whiteness. Mm -hmm. What? are your families talk to your parents talk to your grandparents and they're like we never talk about this <gasps> in my house we're always talking about native american stuff african stuff like everything all the it's us how could mm -hmm. we not you know and so to finally get those kids to understand you are part of a culture have you ever heard your parents say that you're scottish or irish or welsh or and they're like oh wait a minute they don't even categorize it in their mind as a culture um, so they hear their family when they do, yeah. but it's not felt. Yeah. And then, so that's when I started realizing it. I'm like, okay, we've got some things. I want you guys to start doing family investigation, but I want you guys to even consider doing the um, DNA test, you know, cause I did my DNA test and I found out I'm not as Irish as I thought I was. Um, I know that I have um, origins in um, Nigeria and Ghana, um, but that European thing, I was told I was Irish. Turns out I've got French and Welsh. I got a few other things that I got to explore now. But because I was also guilty of saying oh, I'm just white and I just didn't pay attention to it as much. Yeah, yeah. Because I yeah. on my yeah. dominance. Yeah. So um, that really opened it up where all of a sudden these, these kids were like exploring. They were like cooking different foods. They were listening to new nice. music. And, stuff. and I'm like, could you imagine if we had like some Irish dancers up here? Like, how awesome would that be? Yeah. By the end of the class, I had a lot more children who felt they had a culture because I helped them through the whiteness mm -hmm. and find their culture. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Wow. That's, yeah. that is awesome. Thank you. I love that. I was going to actually it. do that for um, the Oregon um, Education Association, so our big union, but then COVID happened. Second and COVID. I feel like this is work you have to do in person because yes. you have a lot of white um, resistance yeah. that they yeah. want to hold on to the whiteness. So that's what they've been told. So they yeah. don't necessarily want to hold on to it, but they have to somehow. Mm -hmm. And so um, to do that on a Zoom with 60 people, I just felt like it wouldn't necessarily be a healthy thing. And so I did cancel my involvement on that. But once we get back to being able to have some kind of in-person, um, I definitely want to do that for adults because I see how well it worked for the children. Yeah. Wow. Well, wow. and, and, and the, yeah, that's the thing is I think that um, even though you did it for the youth, it is absolutely something that many adults have never done. Right. Yeah. You know, minus myself included for my white side. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. you know, so um, I, th I think it will be like you said, I think it would be more effective in person because you get that interchange of energy in person. Mm -hmm. Right. You can sense the room, you know, what's oh, yeah. kind of bubbling up and, you know, you can feel it where this, this Zoom thing. I mean, that's what, you know, in my job, I do training. And so well, well, everything's in online. And that's what we're definitely finding is that we don't we can't feel what's happening in the room right. like we usually do. So I think that work even more important. You have to have that interchange of energy that's happening in person to do that right. work. Um, now get this, I would love to do this for the district mm -hmm. with the, the teachers. Um, 
but yet here I'm just a humanities teacher. Isn't that always the goddamn excuse that, yeah. oh, well, that's not, well, I mean. I don't have an admin license. What is your, ex what is your expertise? Mm -hmm. Do you have the credentials? Oh, yeah. geez. So I need to have an admin license, even though I already have three degrees. Yeah. I have a bachelor's in English. I have an MED um, in uh, literacy. I have a master's in creative writing. And now I'm being asked to go back to get uh, admin license for a job that requires four years experience for a job that I already do. Right. I just don't get paid for it. And that's, oh. that's, that's the fucking white supremacy in action of out. how it's they keep, they, they keep, they keep people out. They keep people color out because, Oh, you got to get that. Oh, well mm -hmm. you got to get one more thing. Oh, you don't, you don't have that. Right. And, mm -hmm. and then it becomes fatigue. Like I can't fucking, you know, you, you get to a certain age. I'm like, go back and do another two years for something else. Right. Because yeah. you, well, that, I see a lot of um, women in the district who have their admin license, but they're still teachers. Right. So there's not even a guarantee. If I get that admin license that I'm going to actually get that job. So I'm seeing teachers who are running out of their practice hours time needed to keep their licensing um and then what happens after that yeah you know and so it's like there's no way in hell i'm gonna go back for a fourth degree to prove talk to me ask some questions right bet me yeah yes yes you, know? you, you have don't want to. you have a phd a past history degree there you go and 14, 14 years of uh, therapy, I got a degree in me. Right? So I got this. I got this. And if I don't, I am humble enough to be like, oh, my God, I don't have this. Does anyone else? Because I need help. Right. And I've got this amazing network of people who are just coming even more now that they're waking up. And it's a beautiful thing, but it's just, it's not, it's not united yet. It, yeah. It's just like all over the place, all these particles. But that's where the revolution is is necessary because you need to get that shake up so that as things resettle, it can resettle in a different way. And that's your evolution. Yes. Yes. You know, so you can't have one or the other. Right. It has to be the, 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 the both. They're yeah. a partnership. That's how we get our balance. Yeah, right. for sure. For and sure. And I'm wondering how come we can praise Abraham Lincoln for teaching himself to read, but you know, we need you to go back to college and get extra X, Y, and Z credentials. Mm -hmm. You know, how, how yeah. come self-learning, self-taught is not valued? Yeah, because how about this? Those who do have the history um, uh, degrees, how come they don't know that Abraham Lincoln only freed us as a war tactic? Mm -hmm. If he right. could have won that war go without freeing us, he straight up yeah. said he would have. Right. And then when he freed us, <laughs> then he goes and talks to Frederick Douglass saying, great, now how do we get them back to Africa? Go on now. Yeah. Come on and now. And then he was actually trying to raise funds to get our ass back to Africa. Yeah. And now as time's going on, then we have Marcus Garvey coming from the Caribbean going, y'all want to go back to Africa? Cool. KKK is going to give us money for it. And when I learned that part, I was like, wait a minute. But now I'm 45 going, hmm, how much they going to get? Because <laughs> I've got Ghana and my Nigeria in my ancestry. I got some home. You want to pay? Well, Who wasn't it Ghana that just came out saying, come home? Where were yeah. So, yeah. Like, so they literally, gonna... they literally like, come home. Come home yeah. to us. You will be welcome here with open arms.
And I've been I've been texting with people in Ghana going, okay, but how are mixed people treated? Right. Like, you know, because I don't want to go into another system of jackness when I already know how to navigate. Right. Safely, but like, I know how to survive this one. Right. I don't want to go to um, Niver- Nav- um, Nirvana and find out that I'm actually in hell. Right. Because I have whole new issues that um, I didn't even think existed. So I'm hesitant, but then my heart's like, well, if they're saying come, <laughs> I can be a teacher there. I love to be a teacher there. Yeah. You know? But I think but it's I interesting, too, the point you brought up about Abraham Lincoln. That's they, – they stopped – at that piece, right in our mm-hmm. history, in our in our growing up history, right? We, mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about this many times. Is that uh, uh, my history growing up in school was Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves, yeah, and what a wonderful person he was for it. Right. And he was right. just a, a a boy in a log cabin that taught himself, and just like this mm-hmm. this very you know glorized version of it, you know, romanticized version. But they well, stopped there. That too. Don't forget that on the day that he signed the Emancipation Proclamation, he hung 28 Native Americans. Mm. So God bless Abraham Lincoln, my ass. <laughs> but as you were saying, girl. Yeah, it's that. No, yeah. but it's that that we were taught the white savior right. that came and saved us and saved everyone. But then that's when they, you know, they stopped. Well, we're not going to tell you this part. We're not going to tell you that part that you just told everyone, which I guarantee there's listeners out there that didn't know that, right? Oh, yeah. Well, and even like Frederick Douglass's um, speech of what is the 4th of July to the Negro? Like, you know, nobody says, he wrote that afterward. Like, what are we celebrating for independence when you have now um, criminalized my joblessness, my homelessness, yeah. my my being, um, how are we free just because a piece of paper says, you know, technically you're free, but you're still three-fifths of a man. And, uh, you know, it's just it's too much hypocrisy that you're in this constant state. I want you guys to look up um, Dr. Valerie um, Thomas. So she's my soul mama. And I'll send you guys the name okay. again if you forget. But, yes, please but do. Valerie Thomas, she teaches at um, Pomona College um, in California, and she writes about vertigo. You know, and it's that that double consciousness of like, what do you do when you're in these two worlds mm-hmm. and you have nothing to hold on to because mm-hmm. nothing's making sense. You've got cognitive dissonance going on. Mm-hmm. You've got all of this denial going on. And then you've got rage, not only their rage, but your own mm-hmm. rage, your generational rage. Mm-hmm. Goddamn. Yeah. Goddamn is right. Goddamn <laughs> is right. It's like when, when, before we started how we were talking about like. Just when we think we've got to figure it out, we get something else thrown at us, you know, yeah. like we were talking about anxiety and and, you know, my my experience with anxiety and how I could just sometimes I just wake up and I'm like, I'm just fucking done with it. Like, I can't mm-hmm. like what would it be like to not feel anxious? Mm. And then what would it be like? And now even more, you know, you throw a pandemic at me and then you throw. Well, racism's always been there, right? That's the yeah. trauma that we never, that's okay, never ending. Yeah, but yeah, you, you, you just heighten it up a little bit, right? <laughs> and so, like, this sense of of hypervigilance that mm-hmm. is literally never ending for people of color. Oh, yeah. And 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 they wonder why we get so angry. Yeah. <laughs> why there's looting. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And that's the thing, too. It's like, you, you worried about looting? I'm like, are you looking at how much is getting looted versus the amount of people that are in the streets not looting? Right. Who are, you know, like, why are you looking at that squirrel 
Because mm -hmm. <laughs> everyone should. I mean, I, I thought it was law that you have insurance. So your insurance is going to take care of it. Now, maybe your small business, there's going to be some issues. We have a community. We can rebuild. You know, we got you, boo. Yeah. But everybody is not going to present their anger the way that you are comfortable. Lo siento. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and that's and that's that's, right. the, that's their anger is that you're not being angry in the way that I want you to be angry. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I wish I could control someone's anger. You're not it's flexing your style. Right. Yeah. That, like that, that flexing your I'm style. Not the way that you're doing. Yeah. It. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You need to realize how people are perceiving that. you. You know, we need to start saying that, though. I'm not comfortable with this. <laughs> yeah. Why are people of color starting to say that now? I'm right. Not comfortable. I'm not comfortable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Woo -wee. Oh my goodness. So we were on the uh, Blue Lives Matter flag. Yes. <laughs> did, did we get that enough? Did we cover enough of that? Did you leave anything and out? Have, and then we have the other topic of privilege. Yes. Yeah, so, you know what? We should just do a different, and I would love to do this again. So let's just do a different one on the privilege one because that's a whole much different energy of disappointment and fight, and it got serious. So I got energy for the Blue Lives Matter, but. Um, <laughs> I will join you guys again. We're going to have you as a, right, a, a reoccurring right. guest. You heard it here. What do you bring to the table? She's coming back. You know, what I what I would really like is to get Catherine and Damon on here at the same time. I was thinking the Girl, same Girl, you got to uh, We're going to have to do this because Damon. I, I was thinking I don't think we would be able to figure out what these two were talking about. <laughs> Damon <laughs> is like, another wait, level. Dumb it down a bit. <laughs> Well, I, I'm up for anything because seriously, we got COVID. And um, so I'm not going to Mexico this summer. I go That's to Mex Mexico every summer to write, to detox. And I'm not getting my baby blue water and white sand. Um, I can't even go to the beach here because right? um, it's just not safe. Yeah. Uh, if you're a black person outside of Portland, um, I guess they think that we're we're showing up for protests rather than just wanting to go to the beach for fun. Yeah, you're, you're the um, Antifa invading. That's, that's yeah. yeah. So I, I have my bathtub, and I'm going to be actually speaking to my man tonight about making it my oasis so he can paint it the beautiful blue that I need and just make my bathroom my my my, my place, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so I'm free. Okay. Well, we're, <laughs> we're going to have you on more than that. this. I would love to have you and Damon together. I'm telling you, this man is just amazing. I'm excited. Like his, excited. you know... I mean, like, like, uh, mo most of the time I was just like, damn, I didn't even right. have a response. Cause I'm like, mm -hmm. damn, that's deep. Yeah. It's deep See, learning. He's that's just, learning. Oh, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. Um, so what we usually do is, um, we, you know, after this part, uh, we take a little break and we're going to come back and do at least one or two stories. And that's, you know, that's really what the gist of our, podcast has always been we talk about Good. stories so if you don't mind staying around listen to some stories i'd love to hear your perspective on them um hell yeah i'm in my bean bags so okay I'm to go. okay <laughs> so we'll take a quick break get get some more beverages if we need it and we'll come back with uh, story time uh <laughs> with Catherine. um so we'll be right back <laughs> welcome back Dude, what are you bringing to the table? We're back from our break, uh, ready to get into some stories here. Um, we're just going to jump right in. We're going to start with the first story. It's a story that came out um, 
uh, after the Oregon talked about everybody needing to wear masks when they're in public. And um, I've been thinking about it a lot, so I wanted to bring it to the table here to have a discussion about it. So this actually, I mean, it made national news, obviously. Um, so I got this article from CBSNews.com. Um, so people of color are exempt from Oregon's county's mandatory mask order. An Oregon county has decided to make people of color exempt from its mandatory mask policy, citing the potential for racial profiling. The decision comes as multiple counties in Oregon have ramped up face covering requirements to slow the spread of the COVID. Uh, Lincoln County's general directive requires everyone to wear a face covering in the in in any indoor public setting or any outdoor setting where six feet of social distancing can't be maintained. But the county wrote on the website people of color who have heightened concern about racial profiling and harassment due to wearing face coverings in public are exempt from the rule. Other exemptions include children under 12 and people with particular medical conditions or disabilities. The directive notes that it's self-executing and that no one should intimidate or harass those who don't comply. In Multnomah County to the north where there isn't, isn't an exception for people of color, but the county does point out the possibility of racial profiling, according to CBS affiliate COIN. Violence and discrimination are daily experience for people who are black, indigenous, or people of color. And the county said the county said on its website, racism and black ra- racism and racist reactions to black, indigenous and people of color wearing face coverings is a reality. And yet we know we know face coverings can help people stay healthy and save lives. Multnomah County does not tolerate discrimination. Ah, you know, the fucking classic. Um, so that's the gist of it. Um, I have some thoughts around the fact that you're saying they're saying people of color would be exempt from wearing it in that. Well, basically you're saying we're too racist in this County. And so we're going to say, well, we know you're going to be racially profiled because we're going to racially profile. So we're not going to make you wear a mask, which then ultimately increases your risk of exposure because you, you don't have a mask on. Like I just, I'm just, I get the intent However, the impact, <laughs> and that's often what's pro- what the issue is, right? That that the intent is always noble, but the impact is what really happens. And so, I'm curious, Miss Catherine, what do you think? Well, I-, I need to maybe have this dumbed down a little bit because <laughs> how does permission not to wear a mask protect us from not being um, profiled? Um, when I'm wearing a mask, no one, and if I'm wearing a mask and a hood, so no one can see my twists, um, no one really knows what my ethnicity is. i actually feel a little bit more protected mm-hmm. when I have a hood and a mask. So to be given permission to not wear one so that they cannot profile me, it, it, it does, it's not logical to me, unless it makes sense to you guys in a way that I'm just not seeing it inside of the way that I think, but I just... To not wear a mask, okay, well, we are um, definitely higher risk. So that that's like you're just trying to up our, our chances of getting sick. 
but you get to see our full face features and colors so that makes it easier for us to be profiled mm -hmm. so and we're also having to um, come across certain stores where they want people of color to actually pull their mask down um, so that they can tell if we're a robber or not it, it, it is all lies and mendacity. Y'all remember um, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof where he's like, this lies and mendacity. <laughs> mendacity is what we are dealing with because that does not even make sense. Yeah. I mean, that to me is like, okay, why not make efforts to deal, something, do, deal with the racial profiling in your fucking community? Right. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying there's racial profiling in your community. What is your plan to deal with that instead? Mm -hmm. Right. Let's address the racism in your community, the racism in your in your policing, the racism in all of it. No, instead, we'll just say people tell you don't have to wear a mask. Like and again, what is I just why? don't understand how that saves us from being racially profiled. I just feel like it accents us even more. Yeah, because like you're saying, it leaves the whole face to then be profiled. You Makes know? it easier for them to jump on us. Yeah. And and also it's also admitting that you believe that a that, that there is inherent racism of that if a person of color is wearing a mask, they're up to something nefarious. Mm-hmm. Like what? Yeah. How what? Yeah. And those are personal issues and there's anti racist classes that those people can take <laughs> so that they can check themselves. But where is the racial accountability? If they know that they are racially profiling, then why isn't there someone outside of the county, outside of the state maybe even, to actually um, account for every single one? You know, what was the reason? And then maybe we'd have to have those people go to the very victim of that officer and say, could you tell me your side of the story? But then, <laughs> Will it ever be taken mm -hmm. care of? Because how many rape cases do we have that are still not processed? Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, so obviously that's not going to work. Um, if they just stopped racially profiling us, that would work. But um, they don't have to go to the college to have any kind of law classes. They don't have to go to college to do any kind of trauma-informed care, mm -hmm. um, psychology, everything that you have to, to know to deal with the public you know, and so it's like rather than dealing with that problem, it's like, hey, black people, you don't have to really wear a mask anymore. And maybe we'll stop racially profiling as much because we'll see you. And what you're going to see right. us and then what? And then what? Exactly. And then what? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and what in, in my opinion, too, is you're opening up for people to be harassed for not wearing yeah. a mask. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Because it depends on what county you're in. Some mm -hmm. counties, if you're walking without a mask. Oh, Lord, help you. And then other um, counties, it's different. And we've made it where this is a mask is a political sign rather than a health measure. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, and we always hear people say, oh, stop bringing politics about this. Health is not politics. Yeah. People of color are not politics. Yes. When you have laws and actions that directly affect health and people of color, that's the politics that you need to address that you don't want to address. Right. But just because I'm talking about something doesn't mean it's political. It's my fucking life. <laughs> right? right? Exactly. Right. Yes. Um, which goes to the next thing, which an update. A what's oh, update? What's update? What's update? What's update? What's update? Okay. And this is the reason. This is the reason, people. 
Lincoln County reverses mask policy for people of color. All right. Lincoln County has backtracked on its decision to exempt people of color from its mandatory face mask policy, citing a shocking, quote unquote, shocking <laughs> backlash of horrifically, uh, quotes, horrifically racist commentary from the community. What? Um, Lincoln County issued the directive on face coverings on June 17th and included several exceptions, including certain people with medical conditions showed exactly what you said. People of color have heightened, you know, concerns, blah, blah, racial profiling. The directive also said that the mandate is self-executed and that no one is allowed to intimidate or harass individuals. Uh, but on Wednesday, Lincoln County reversed its decision to exempt people of color response to the public backlash, as well as feedback from leadership within the communities, within the county's communities of color who asked for the policy to be reversed because it was making them possible targets for more hate. Mm. Yeah. And see, how hard would it have been for them to float that by a few people of color before they even made that fucking policy? Like, how fucking hard is it to get out of your whiteness to be like, hey, community, we're considering this. Feedback, please. Right. right. Like, and, not, oh, and then that's what, and not know that those Trump lovers out there would be like, what? Why these? They already... In their small, tiny brains believe we're getting something extra and additional. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, Why do they that. get to do that? I don't. On purpose. Right. On purpose to incite more racism. Right. And then you're shocked when these people are calling you up and frothing at the mouth saying, Why are you? Why are you? You know, you're, uh, you're shocked? I'm yeah. not shocked. I'm not shocked. <laughs> Set it up. They totally <laughs> set it up. Exactly. Exactly. Now you're just getting the real people finally coming out, finally saying what they really believe, finally getting it. And you're now having to be the brunt of hearing that hateful stuff that they're saying to you, white Karen or whoever. That we hear all the time. Right. Yeah. And yeah, it's finally, you're finally actually seeing what we've been saying for centuries. Mm -hmm. You know, you've been you fi you finally getting it finally getting it but well and i think that it's interesting too around um and and i saw this other um video today um talking about the difference in communities where you know we're, we've been we we see all the karens on tiktok or wherever that are losing their shit about having to wear a mask right i think one of the most recent ones that's gone viral is the trader joe's lady right yeah <laughs> oh, california brand new opening trader joe's their policy is that you wear a mask this lady lost her fucking shit and yelling and even like put this on video you know like just losing her shit about it right and um then they showed a black man who was at a flea market who didn't have a mask and for the way I understand it is like he was trying to purchase one like, OK, fine, I'll buy one. But by that point, they'd already called the police, the police fucking wrestle him to the ground. The white man, the Bubba, you know, that was there helping the police wrestle this black man to the wow, ground. Oh, they were having fun. And how we have literally like 
in in viral videos we're showing this ridiculousness of this these karens but we're not talking about that difference in treatment right Mm-hmm. The Karen can go into Trader Joe's without a mask and lose her shit and throw shit around and throw a fucking fit and walk out of that store. Police mm-hmm. are never called. Police are never asked to come to take care of her. But a black man who is literally standing at a counter peacefully <laughs> and from a, my understanding of the story was trying to figure out, OK, fine, I'll buy one. Police were called right away. Police were called right away and he gets wrestled to the ground. I'm trying to figure out why they would even call the police on that. Because that's, it's that, black. That's the, that's the stuff that I'm thinking, you know, that I'm talking about is you want to start change. You make sure that whoever's operating that 911 center yeah. is asking the right questions. Mm-hmm. What is the man doing? Is he committing a crime? That Wearing a mask is not a crime. You can cite somebody. That's not a crime. You know, I, I that that's the whole piece that it just it just consistently blows my mind. And then I think, you know, the other thing that's why I said it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. You wear a mask, they're calling you because you look suspicious. You don't wear a mask, they're calling because you don't have a mask on. You know, it doesn't matter. I think it's you know, for me it's just like which which is the most important one? I wouldn't want to kill my parents bringing, you know, bringing home COVID from one of these frothy Karens, you know, spilling virus juice all over me because she don't want to wear a mask in Trader's Joe's. But I'm coming home with that virus all over me and now uh, infecting other people. And she doesn't, she doesn't get that. She doesn't doesn't care. No. Right. Because it's a, it's a hoax because this administration has made it a hoax. Mm -hmm. Made it a top priority to uh, you know they have not made it a top priority it has not been a top priority and and i feel you girl i feel you because the other thing too is like those who don't um you know fall into the hoax thing right. they look at percentages mm-hmm. and they're like oh well, it's only this percentage of the population, like what, 1% or whatever it's supposed to be, something ridiculous. So it's not a big enough number for them to lose their shit on. But yet, look how our whole lives changed over 9-11. Right. And that was the death of like 3,000 people. Yeah. And we're, we're at 125,000 right now. Mm-hmm. And that amount of death is not waking people up to be proud, American. Like what? what what yeah right and how so many, how many more and then we're not even halfway through the year or we will be in a couple you know halfway through the year and mm-hmm. and that's because we've had to change our ex you know how we're we're living and interacting look at how we're doing this podcast yeah and that's mm-hmm. the numbers down could you imagine if we were just out there doing willy-nilly keeping you know the status quo what did we talk about sweden how they did just you know do, do, do. we we'll let people just kind of do Mm-hmm. Oh, the herd um, immunity. Yeah. 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 Which is, is like- which is what, I mean, you know, the trumpets and everything, that's what then they talk about. Well, herd immunity. That's what we need, herd immunity. Haven't you ever heard of herd immunity? They- but our society's not set up for that. <laughs> like, Sweden has a better system set up for the things that they're doing. We can't imitate when they don't practice what we're practicing. It doesn't work. What works for us, mm-hmm. America, that's too fucking huge for its britches. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Ugh. Disgusting. 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 <laughs> so I'm like, people, please just put a mask on. I know how uh, I would, I know how to disarm people that would be, you know, coming at me. Yes, sir. No, sir. 
uh, you know, and unfortunately, I, you know, what Stefan said, one of our other previous guests, we have to play that game in order to keep ourselves safe. Yeah. Like, and and it, it's unfortunate, but we have to play that game. We, we have to allow the Karens to go and destroy property and walk out the store and, you know, no rest, no nothing. But we can't do it. I can't do it. I can't go in there and toss, you know, toss the store apart and expect to walk out the the doors. Oh hell no! Oh shit! We can't even go into the stores just to look and realize we don't want to buy nothing there. How many of you guys buy something because you're so worried they've been watching you and you bought something out of like, please, I'm a good one. <laughs> don't, don't don't check me. And then when you don't sure my, that people can see my purchase in my hand, right? Yeah. That moves to my bag, please. No, I'm holding this as awkward as hell, and like my white friends don't understand. I'm like, um, yeah. this is how it is. If you weren't yeah. with me, I would have no protection. It right. would be a different story. Right. And I shouldn't have a white protector. I should right. not have to leave this house hitting up my friends, going, which one of you guys want to escort me? I'm not blind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'm not. I'm not unable to, to function in this world, but it is so tight right now that I am now thinking that. And yeah. I do have right. my pocket of white allies, and that's not right. Yeah. Shouldn't have, that's putting them in danger, too. Right. Because right. now they're race traitors. Yeah. Right. So now I'm endangering my friend, which God bless them that they would offer to be my white accomplice. But what the fuck? Yeah. 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 Exactly. But best believe, I do have my, my pepper spray. And I do have my um, phone ready to record at any damn moment because you will scream if you try to come and talk to me. You, your eyes will be burning. Yes. <laughs> Just know that. Yeah. Who's that one guy on TikTok? The one that was in his car doing the, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Lord. Oh, that Tamias. Tamias. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Where he's like getting ready to walk around the park <laughs> and he carries his little pepper spray for the cows and Karens. Mm, it's, real. it's real are you are you have you been on tiktok i my son's trying to get me and i know i need to because i'm a teacher and i need to evolve with my students yeah but all those tiktok dances they were doing before the COVID, i was like fuck that shit i ain't getting on that but then my son says that it, it is shifting oh it's, and it's totally shifted like it's yeah. totally shifted like i mean i used to, i i got in there to escape it's been had been my escape like mm -hmm. I would go and and, and watch uh, animal videos, right? Dogs, mm -hmm. cute, cute, cute. Give me cute. <laughs> let me let me bring my limbic system back online when I'm triggered, and you know it, it was a calming. But now it has evolved into like, yeah. I mean, there's so there's this one guy. I'll send you the link. You you can okay, follow yeah, him. He's I mean he's actually setting up his own website. So he's all about calling out these cows and Karens. And, mm -hmm. you know, put them on blast, canceling them, exposing them. I think that's the other thing. And we haven't even touched on that is like the amount we talked about it before we started recording is the amount of exposure, exposing of our casual racists in our lives. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we knew we knew it was always there. Right. We kind of always know. But it's kind of one of those things of like now the curtains being pulled back. Yeah. And we're just seeing like all like everything and so this guy is i mean he's he's hilarious but he's also very serious and he's all about it he's all about like you're not going to profit anymore mm -hmm. by being a racist business owner your you know uh law firm is not going to be 
supported by being a racist lawyer anymore, like those twats out in St. Louis that pulled yeah. the gun on the. Uh, oh my God! Those the look on that woman's face. I went like all the way back to sixteen nineteen. I was like, that is some hate. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, it was disturbing yeah. as well. Yeah. And I and I was even more disturbed by the fact that I really don't know if she was taught how to hold a gun properly. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> oh my God, gun knowledge is important. I mean, because I mean, I did grow up around guns. I'm not anti-gun. I don't own one, but you know, I'm definitely pro-gun laws and all the things. But when to see the way she was holding this gun, I'm like, you're gonna shoot your foot. You're gonna do something with her, her weak limb, like this, um, limb wrist. Yeah, like. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And then I was thinking, I'm like, you living in a neighborhood where you want to feel safe, right? Quote unquote, you feeling safe because you're locked in, you know, gates closing to keep. But you are what the husband had like a AR. Yeah. AR 15. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I mean, I felt like I was in that movie Tremors. You Uh know, got the. (laughs) I mean, they it, it was like they had a whole bunker full of firearms. I mean, he came out like he was you know, really gonna do some damage because people are breaking into his house. Yeah. You know, and again, look at the image. By your house. If you look at the image too, you've got this man in khaki pants. Barefooted. Pink polo. Mm -hmm. So there's this fluffy appearance of a nice lawyer, right? Yep. But then this lawyer who I wonder how many people of color he has is wronged um but he's holding that that gun and it does not register as real yeah because how do you stand in front of a really nice home in khakis a pink polo and you're scared for your life right Right. I, i don't i don't understand that yeah right and and nobody even was climbing nobody was even they were just walking by your house yeah oh shit you know what that makes me think of you know, in the color purple, when that woman was trying to get um, get away from all the black people, um, when she uh, dropped off, uh, what's her name, Sophia? I yes, think. yes. Okay, so sh- she's dropping off Sophia because it's mighty white of her to let her have that little bit of Christmas time, and she yes. cannot drive herself. Oh yeah. All these black men are trying to help her, and she freaks out yeah. like. What has she been told yes. that she thinks that those men are going to do? Because they all have their pants out. There was no dicks out. Yeah. So what do you think they want with you? Yes. They're trying to get you to get off the property and help you out fast. But yeah. you're freaking right. out. Right. Yes. So right. it's ingrained. It's so right. ingrained. It's sad. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you got one? Story? Yeah. yeah, go for it. So this one comes from... TMZ 623 came out. Off-duty LAPD officer. I didn't order the Tampuccino. Investigation into Starbucks order. A cop enjoying his Starbucks Frappuccino says he got a nasty surprise halfway through when he discovered a tampon floating around in his drink. And there's now an official police investigation. An off-duty LAPD officer purchased his frap frap Friday at a Starbucks inside a Target in Diamond Bar, California. He used his police credit union debit card to buy the drink and says he found the feminine hygiene product inside before marching back into the store to confront the staff. We've confirmed the L.A. County Sheriff's Department took a report and is now 
investigating it as a possible food tampering incident. Mm. Deputies are pulling surveillance footage. The police <laughs> protective league is calling the incident a disgusting assault on a police officer and says it was carried out by someone who hated in their heart and mm. who human decency. They want whoever may be responsible exposed and fired. Fox 11 LA was the first to report this story. Okay, I got one question. Used? No DNA yet. Doesn't say. Doesn't say. Because if it was used, I'm like really trying to like conceptualize how a woman working among other people going to reach down and in. Yeah. Out and in and make sure that nobody sees nothing and there's no smell, there's no... I conceptually cannot see that if it was used. Right. Now, if it wasn't used, again, there's wapping. <clears throat> You've got coworkers who are always looking at you because Karen, Karen, You're in Karen. a rush, wouldn't you? Like, you're in a rush to get your orders out? So how are you going to put that in? Let's say all were like, <laughs> do it, do right. it. You know? But I'm... Ah. I know. I'm, I'm a little skeptical. I'm like, mm hmm, I don't know. I don't know. Did this really happen? Or was this one of those things where I'm going to make it up rules. that it happened? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or the, you know, the one um, where he, he said that the, the, the no pig Starbucks one. You right. know? Mm -hmm. Yes. And then it turned out that it was his pen. Yeah. That he had written with. Right. So yeah. we've yeah. seen this before where officers said something happened at Starbucks when it really didn't happen. Cause I'm with you, Catherine on that. Like, okay, you would have had to been talking about this as a plan to do if a police officer came and ordered. So, it, so premeditation. It, yeah. So, and I mean, most Starbucks that I've gone to, they're, they're, they're busy. They're turning out. They don't got time to do shit. It's uh -huh. one drink after that. Now targets. Do they get to go to the restroom? Right. Like, I don't know. Well, I, and then I'm thinking the only way that they identified him as a, possibly a police officer was his credit card. So, which how would they I know see, that? Because I don't see the other workers looking to see how people pay. Right. Was there a blue eyes matter flag on the credit card? <laughs> like, how do you know? Yeah. Right. From a credit card. And credit card not unless maybe, you know, if I'm working in Starbucks and I see this officer that I'm like, Oh, you did me dirty. Right. I, I, that would be the only way that I would be like, Retribution. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, hell. You, yeah. You're going to get it now. Yeah. Because you know, otherwise. I'm in power. I got your coffee. Yeah. Think, otherwise, how, you know, how would you, wow. how would anybody even know that you were a police officer? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, unless yeah. you're, you're a police officer that has come there in uniform previously. So you, you recognize him for that. Because the credit card thing I call bullshit on. Because most starbucks and even most targets it's it's point of purchase you're doing it yourself you're mm -hmm. you're you're putting it in the chip reader you're not handing anybody your credit card anymore that right. doesn't i i haven't handed They're someone my credit card and i don't even know how long it's right. well and if you're real savvy you order online and you pay online and you just drive up and be like hey so what? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Not I'm unless you're in Target to go shopping. You know, but even then, you free. could do a mobile order while you were shopping. Yeah. Boom, boom, mobile sure. order. Walk up. I got a mobile order for Tori. Boom, done, gone, out. So what I'm hearing you guys say is, oh, you might have put the tampon in there himself. I'm a little skeptical. 
I don't. I wouldn't have doubt anything because they got guns and they got drugs to plant. So what else do they got to plant? Mm -hmm. I'm just. I'm so not trusting that. I'm sorry because no officer that sees that shit stops that shit. They allow that shit. So I'm sorry. I believe that it was faked because. That's what I know of the police. And I've never heard an officer going, oh, my God, my partner just did this. And I'm going to file a report and make sure that he is not messing up with my reputation as a good officer. I don't see any of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, and then to hear them say, I can't believe that whoever did it has so much hate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you're planting a story there, right? You're planting a storyline. And I would say just the same as they would say to a person of color making a police report. Well, how, why should we believe you? Mm -hmm. You know, what were you wearing? Yeah. I think you might've had meth in your, (laughs) um, your DNA a little bit. Um, yeah. Are you even wearing the right size pants? Are you trying to force that? Like there's not all the stupid questions that come with his situation. Yeah. Like the question, well, what did you do? How, Mm -hmm. you know, what did you do to make them want to do that to you? You must've done something. I'm blue. (laughs) My blue life. My blue life is threatened. (laughs) all right you got time for one more sure okay this is this is a local this is this is close to home here um hold on we're loading we're loading the story's loading i don't know why it's taking so long probably because i got 15 million things open you know at one time okay this is from coin tv here here locally uh gresham supervisors all lives splatter car decal oh. probed city oh. employees filled filed complaints against a very violent racist window sticker on a car used by field operations supervisor doug holly uh and investigating this was on the 25th um an investigation is underway in the city of gresham after complaints were filed um against an employee who allegedly displayed Allegedly, the picture's right here. Why are you saying allegedly? Um, uh, Displayed an all-live splatter. Nobody cares about your protest with a decal decal of a car running over people. According to the city employee who wished to remain anonymous for fear of retaliation, (laughs) field operations supervisor Doug Hawley had a window sticker on his personal truck while parked outside a city-owned building near Hogan Butte Nature Park, on Friday, June 5th, three complaints filed to the city stated that the bumper sticker was very violent and racist and was poorly representing the city of Gresham as Holly was allegedly on the clock while driving the truck. Allegedly, after the complaints about the all live splatter truck truck, uh, the all live splatter, the truck Holly was driving had a new sticker in the same location. The second sticker showed an image of President Trump holding up his middle finger with your with the words nobody cares about your protests a city spokesperson said this matter is under investigation the timing of the window stickers comes when marches a protest we know da, da, da. Um, city leadership has voiced support for the marches city council also unanimously unanimously voted to fly the black lives matter flag throughout the month of july in city hall and of course holly declined to comment Hmm. What do you think? 
Well, well, that's why we have uh, freaking riots, you know, burning buildings, uh, people looting, because that speaks to his attitude. Mm -hmm. He's the one that's out there training. He's the one that's out there telling uh, rookies to put a knee on somebody's neck, mm -hmm. to hold somebody's legs while somebody else is putting a knee for eight minutes and 46 seconds because of that mm -hmm. damn attitude that he has right there. All lives flatter. What the hell? Mm -hmm. I don't understand how this dude could keep his job. Mm -hmm. You keep the sticker, baby. You keep the sticker, but you don't get to keep your job. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, that's a, a no-brainer. So I'm a teacher, and one thing that I, I love is expressing myself. Um, and I've always wanted those um, truck nuts, <laughs> you know, because I got some ovaries, um, but I don't have a truck. But I, I'll put it on my Toyota. Um, so I, I wanted the truck nuts, but I'm a teacher. What am I going to do? driving up on school property with that or going to the grocery store and someone goes hey miss watkins and then i go into my car with my truck nuts mm -hmm. there are just responsibilities you have to take as being a part of your your community and if it's going to be threatening you have that in your closet and jack off to it all you want <laughs> but you're not going to put it on a fucking truck where it either encourages like behavior or warns other people to stay the fuck away from you because you are not safe. Right. Mm -hmm. That's intimidation. Yeah. Right. And, and, I, and and you're in a uh, protect and serve position. Well, yeah. this guy is not in law enforcement. He's in field operations. So I'm guessing it's some sort of like. Um, so he's not a sworn officer. No, he's not. He's not an officer. It, it's, he just works for the city. So okay. I don't know what the I don't know what field operations supervisor does for the city of Gresham because it said he was at a nature park so it maybe it's around like I don't What's know. What's his job title again? Uh field operations su supervisor. Um see, he's working for the state. He's still or some sorry, the city. He's still a, an employee that works among the public. Right, and I think that that the part of the argument they're saying is like you said if you want to Put that decal in your closet and jack, to, jack off to it all night. Cool. But the fact of the matter is he's doing city business using his personal vehicle, which often happens, right? Often at a certain level, it's just cheaper for them to pay mileage, you know, for certain positions instead of making them use a county vehicle, right? So they're saying, fine, Doug, use your truck, turn in your mileage every month, boop, boop, boop. But at that point, you're now driving that vehicle on city time. Mm -hmm. And you're a representative of the city during that time, which you're at work. And so you're and driving. Jacking off is like um, not allowed in public. Yeah. So <laughs> there are certain things not allowed yeah. in public. It's not a First Amendment issue because the government is not trying to imprison you for what you said. It is your community saying we focus on safety and love. Mm -hmm. And if you don't want it okay don't join us yeah but don't walk around all angry pants right because you got small dick energy i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry yes yes i can help you because yeah. what does that say is that he he's saying that he is absolutely okay with running over protesters he is saying by that sticker i'm okay with committing a criminal offense against someone because their protest doesn't matter 
right? He's driving mm-hmm. a truck. His decal is a truck that shows people getting run over by that truck. So to me, that's like, oh, so you're okay with doing that. Like you would do that. Like, how do I know you're not going to do that? How do I know that you're not going to be driving down the road one day and during your work day, see a, a group of protesters out right on the corner, even if it's like four or five, which, you know, there's been little pockets of people just going out and protesting. How do I know you're not going to try to run them over because you don't agree with it? Mm -hmm. I don't because you're definitely proclaiming you're okay with it. Unless uh, uh, I run over his ass. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then you're going to have a problem with that. Right. Then then all lives don't, you know, that all lives splatter business. Not now, you know, because now I'm, I got run over because of my protest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he will serve 30 years for it rather than like maybe being collected and arrested in three days or right. a week right. or, or few two months. months. Yeah. they get around to it. Or not right. at all. Brianna yeah. Taylor's case. That's the idiotic, that's the, you know, the idiotic thinking of, ooh, I don't care about your protest. You're protesting right now, as you say, mm-hmm. you know, that you're getting, you know, that's your protest. Mm-hmm. You know, your bumper sticker is your protest. I'm sure he was okay with the protesters out there saying, let me go get a haircut. Oh, yeah. I bet you. Or going to those damn rallies and stuff protesting. That's a protest when you're out there 2020, make America great. That's a protest. That's you saying, hey. But again, you know, we're we're missing people not self-reflecting because it's too painful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And how do you reflect when you don't even know what you're looking at? Mm -hmm. Because, again... A lot of this stuff goes to the stories, these little stories that we read as children, those golden books. Mm. Do you remember the Sambo book? Mm. You know? Yes. Um, So, I mean, there's all of this, this indoctrination of racism. So how can we ask them to reflect? So, I mean, like that person needs help. Yeah. Someone needs to come and be like, can we work through this issue so we can find out why are you so angry? Like he needs help. And he's screaming out with that. Because yes. happy people don't go around hurting people or saying mean things. Right. Miserable people do miserable things. Yes. So that... are you okay? Do you need a therapist? <laughs> do you need an edible? Like, where can I meet you so that we can start going through the, 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 the pain? Right. Because yeah. I see you're hurt. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's just sad. It is sad. It is sad. Look at right there. She did a, a Damon move. She pivoted the the, yeah. the storyline now. Yeah. Now we're looking at it from that perspective of, dude, do you need an edible? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously, because when I'm happy, I don't go around screaming around in right. people. Or yeah. I don't go to white people and start like saying all the horrible racist stuff I could possibly think about because I see a white person that I can unload on. I'm yeah. happy. I'm like, oh, I like your shoes, girl. Yeah. And they're like, oh, thank you. You know, you spread that love. Yeah. But I, I used to be an angry person. And yeah. so, hell yeah. If I saw some bully hurting somebody else, I beat the shit out of that bully. Yeah. And that's how I dealt. But it was still in the in the preface of good. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to go beat up some random person because I'm angry. I'm going to go beat up someone who's trying to beat up someone. Right. And then I'm going to get my, you know, until I can get my 14 years or my, yeah, my 14 years of therapy. That that was it. Yeah, I think that's the, and Damon talked about that on, on our episode with him too, around like, how do you build and create connection 
mm-hmm. with people like to say like what's really what's wrong like yeah. who hurt you yes you know and and it's hard i mean i i, I it is hard because there's days where i'm just so angry right. like mm-hmm. i want i want pain to come upon these people because it's like they just don't but then I, then my rational brain's like well that's not actually how you teach people empathy tori yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know like empathy is taught through t- empathy but finding mm-hmm. that space of empathy it, on some days is so fucking hard oh yeah so fucking hard you know i think sometimes we have to give into that though um because if we're not giving a pressure release yeah we will go off when someone does try to go, what are you doing here? It, it won't be pretty for them because yeah. they're not just getting the anger of what they ha- are doing. They're igniting the, the powder keg right. of years and decades of your life. And you're like, you motherfucker. Yeah. You know? And so I can understand them on that part of that, that rage that goes unchecked and keeps on boiling up. Um, but it doesn't give them the right to um, tear up the room when everyone else is still enjoying the room. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, it's like he's got to be helped. He he's in he's in pain. Yeah, you know, but no one's gonna help him. And I would say though too, in in some sense, yes, he's in pain. And maybe right now, working for a city municipality government is not the place you should be doing, because exactly. you until you get in touch with that pain and you start yeah. working through that pain and that um, those emotions you doing a job where you're interfacing with public and you're a public servant may not be the best place for you right now right 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 like you need some help you need to fucking get this shit sorted out and then maybe come back to us again and re and apply but for yeah. now i don't think we get i don't think we to- we need to tolerate that anymore from yeah. the employees of our public systems yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too. If I was to go to, you know, wherever he was maintaining whatever, you know, and it's property, um, city property and stuff, but I saw that, that's a no Negro sign to me. 100%. So there's no way I'm going to go into any area that that car might be because I already saw the sign. To walk further would be almost asking, right? And it's like, well, no, that's not how it works. But that's how it works. You have to protect right. yourself, right. even when you might not need the protection. Right. Which means, you which means you wouldn't go to that public place or that Hell public no. building that you would have business. Need and I might access. need to do business there, mm-hmm. but I can't. Right. Because all he thinks about is all I splatter, and I don't represent as um, white, even though I'm very light. I don't present as white. So whatever his rage is feeling, um, is now going to be my problem. Yeah, right. When I just might want to like go enjoy the forest or go pay a bill or whatever he's in charge of, you know, he's in public service and it's conditional. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's not what happens. I have students that I seriously am like, wow, I'm still serving them and loving them. Yeah. Am I going to become best friends with them when they're older? We'll see how they are when they're older, you know, but when you're a public servant, you cannot be conditional. It's just, yeah. it's just, it's so wrong. I, I, I don't know. I have a real, I have a real hard time with that because I swallow my, my own problems, you know, whenever I have to deal with parents and students or admin or whatever. Um, and I'm still treating them um, the way I would treat anybody else. Right. Humans. 
right. I, I got a job and I got a heart and that's a human being. So I've got to deal with that person. Otherwise I'm the asshole. Yeah. Yeah. So I was looking up to see um, if I could figure out like who, like what, what does his job do? I found, I found something. Um, it's basically like, it's a, it says manages and oversee the performance of the field staff for a variety of projects, which can involve either engineering construction or their, or the maintenance of existing landscapes and okay. building. Yeah. So how many people of color is he in charge of? And how does he treat those employees of color? Mm. Come on and, now. And are those people of color still working or did they get fired, pushed out, intimidated out, or just gave up and said, fuck this shit? See, and well, that, that's, that. that's yeah. the deeper thing that on the right. surface, some people will see this report, this, this the news report and be like, God, why are people so PC? Why are people so sensitive? But you took it that step further of this man and his belief are impacting the people with that, with, that work under him. Mm-hmm. And if they are a person of color, if they're still there, how at fear are they? Because they know his perspective and point of view. And right. they're not going to go to him and say, you know, this, this, and this happened to me. Because he's already explicitly said, you don't matter. Exactly. You don't yeah. matter. Your protests don't matter. Don't even come at me with that stuff. Right. And Absolutely. that's if, if there's anybody of color underneath right. them. Exactly. Yes. Well, that's a whole other thing, too. Right. 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 Because those questions weren't asked of him when he was hired for the job. Right. Mm-hmm. And this kind of goes back to one of the things that we've talked about a lot, to, um, too, around stories of where um, a uh, police officer has found, like, maybe to have uh planted evidence right in a case and then the conviction is overturned and that you have to go back then and look at everything that police officer has done because once you once you've been caught riding dirty you know Mm -hmm. you've been riding dirty before so we got to negate every conviction that we ever had and go back and we look at the evidence so with this guy we got to go back and find out Who's been hired? Who's been fired? Who's been disciplined? What has been the ripple effect of this man's racist viewpoints on the people that have been working within his divisions? Exactly. Because at this point, he has no credibility. He has no credibility when it comes to uh, racial equity. Zero. And that the city would allow that to continue on. It's like, well, then you're supporting it. You're complicit. Because did you demand that he's an anti-racist um, education? Uh, uh, did you demand uh, uh, anything? It's delicate. It's mm. it's Shit delicate. is delicate, ain't it? It's, that's the, it's, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, it's delicate. We we gotta walk this very delicately. No, yeah. no, time's up. Didn't we have, we've used that. Time's up, time's up. harassment, time's up. You know, your time is up. And the same thing applies here. Your time is up. Right. Well, I mean, it's similar to the story you brought a couple weeks ago. I think it was with Eric or um, uh, Stefan. No, it was with Eric about the mayor that had texted, well, no good people of color have been shot here in our county. Right. Right. Wow. (laughs) And and those that are living here love it because it's safe. And he he ended up resigning over the whole thing. But like, and then of course tried to say, oh, autocorrect and da da da. So we sat here talking about like, okay, what would you be typing 
that it would autocorrect to that. Yeah. Or add in the word. He didn't say good. Yeah. Mm. The he, app he, just added that in there. He just got caught. <laughs> oh. I mean, like I say, your racism, your racism is showing. Yeah. You, you tagged. You tagged. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that's my thing is like if if you if your if your racism gets exposed and you automatically get defensive like well, uh, 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 whoa like how about like kind of what you're saying is okay stop yeah you know what I I did do that and I would I need to do better I would like to do better right but that's not the thing we're getting right well some I will say some 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 people are like oh, I don't know what I didn't know and I want to learn but yeah the typical response is that defensiveness is that I'm not racist I didn't mean that it was autocorrect I didn't type in that word you know like excuse after excuse after excuse for the racism because god forbid you say that oh wow yeah I guess I I am racist because right. because I've been like I, I don't know any better and this is all you know like just the defensiveness I, I, you know somebody said I, and I can't remember where I heard it that the word racist is connected to like people envision Hitler Nazi mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and people then go into but that's not me yeah I, yeah no what I mean there is like again there is no degree in there you either are like a Nazi or you're not a Nazi yeah, you know? they they don't see it as a continuum and a spectrum, right? right. It's it's binary. It's so if somebody I'm not Hitler, Hitler I'm not KKK, racist, then therefore I'm not racist. Right. So if somebody says I am a racist, you know that's you know that's like oh well you're Nazi. Yeah. You know nobody wants to say that about themselves. Right. You know. Well, that goes back to that whole accountability. It goes back to the accountability, though, because if you say, oh, crap, I'm a racist, then what is the ramifications? Right. We don't have anything in place that says, OK, you've been identified as a racist. Right. This is the program. You know, so it's like it it feels to to a lot of people like if you're outed, there's no going back. Yeah. There's right. no healing. Sure. There's yeah. no fixing. There's no, you know, like I've just as you, as we've been talking about this, I've been kind of like slowly panicking in my mind, going, "Holy fuck! Um, what if?" Right? With my own job. So you know, once the whole George um, Floyd thing happened, I just made the oath: I am not, I'm not lying to white people anymore. Yeah. Right. I'm telling the truth. Yeah. Right. What am I going to lose as a result of that? If anyone listens to this podcast from my district, <clears throat> how can it be used right. to get me fired? Yes. Right. Right. Because there's no protection for teachers of color to speak their truth. Um, and those who don't understand about um, race theory and all that stuff, they're going to hear what I say and they're going to say, oh my God, she's a racist. Get her fired. Right. Rather than wait a minute, there's some theory that's connected to it. And I am a human being outside of my job and it is summer, mm -hmm. um, you know, but again, I just, I'm kind of going through this where I'm like, wait a minute, what if this right. fires on me and I lose my job? Mm -mm. Well, know, white people thinking that do white people think that when no. they put that stuff out there clearly they don't no this this so. guy when he bought that sticker and slapped it on his truck thought had not one 
thought of like, oh, this might end my job, in my career. Mm-hmm. But people of color, like you just explained. Or it could be a problem. Yeah, right. But people of color, like you just explained, that's that anxiety, right? That's that emotional mm-hmm. tax that we all experience because mm-hmm. some of us have actually experienced that, right? Mm-hmm. Being me. Um, where... <laughs> You know, they don't go at you for calling out the racism or no, pushing equity. They go after right. you. Oh, you didn't do this on your report or this or this. It, it that, that this triggers that I'm going to watch you closer. Oh, so yeah. then we got to be we got to be on our game 100 percent all the time. OK, yeah, got that turned in right yes this posted this you know uh, you know got your lesson plan whatever i don't you know i'm not a teacher yeah. so like think like you just constantly are like fuck i gotta watch my shit i gotta watch my shit You're because the radar. yeah because you know now now i'm in i do think that there's a piece of it like you said after george floyd where a lot of us have just been like really like, I, I can't do this game anymore. I can't do it anymore. I, I've done, we've done the, we've done the nice, we've done the behave ourselves. Like, we're just not lying anymore. And that's been my thing is like, if you don't want to accept, accept the statistical fact of racism and disproportionate treatment across systems, right? Whether it's education, law enforcement, healthcare, um, if you criminal justice, if you don't want to take the facts that this is happening, that's on you, boo. But these mm-hmm. are facts, right? I'm not telling you anything that is not true and has has not been studied. I'm not telling you history that isn't there. Just because you didn't learn the history doesn't mean it's not true, right? Exactly. So that's all I'm doing. And if you want to continue to be racist, fuck, be continue to be racist as fuck. But I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to pretend that it doesn't exist anymore. I'm not going to pretend that you're fronting with your equity statements because that's what you're doing because your Mm -hmm. actions have showed otherwise, historically speaking, across the board. Well, and that was one of the things that I was trying to explain to um, the superintendent when I was like, do you even have friends of color? And um, I tried to explain to him that as a person of color with white friends, Every time there's a race issue that our white friend brings up, we have to go through really quick evaluation of can they handle it? Is um, is it safe to do this? Um, how much should I tell them? And so, like the the truth factor when you have white friends, it never goes one hundred percent. And um, to my white friends, like seriously, I some of my most earnest white friends i think they have 95 but i don't think i've even given them 100 yeah. you know because what if that was the thing that made us lose the, the friendship Didn't they and i said last week <laughs> i said the exact same thing i said i go into these relationships yeah. not mm-hmm. fully there because eventually something happens and i'm gonna either recognize that they're looking at me like oh you're the good one mm-hmm. you know that's why i'm friends with you because you're the good one and i have to be like no girl i'm the bad one too yeah i just you don't know? share it with you because i really enjoy hanging out with you Ugh. and so we have to boggle with our own comfort and discomfort of are we comfortable not having this person in our life when maybe they've seen our children grow up yes. together and all of this stuff, all that investment of love 
Yeah. Is this the time where you're going to be like, sorry, boo, you're too toxic. Even after this whole time that you've known me, right. you've not grown enough. Um, but I have, yeah. and yeah. I'm grown enough now to say, I'm sorry. I don't lie anymore. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh. Oh, wow. Well, Miss Catherine, thank you. Thank you for being here today. And this is not the last time you're going to be on. What do you bring into the table? This well, is it. Because you brought this up, Catherine. Uh, yeah. You brought up that uh, article on Multnomah County. Mm -hmm. uh, again, I'm bringing it up kind of like the face thing. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. We risk losing our positions every time we bring something up. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So the, the, the threat is real. Yep. Um, and that's not to say that, you know, uh, you know, I'm hoping that if anybody gets, you know, if somebody in your district hears us, that what they're hearing, but again, we can't, you fragile ears, if, you know, if they can't handle it. Um, I'm hoping what they're hearing is we have to move, we have to evolve, mm -hmm. you know, we have to evolve. We can't stay the same. And as Damon said, it's Groundhog's Day. Nobody wants to be in that movie Groundhog's Day yes. doing things over and over and over again. And that's what we're pushing is evolving, trying to help people um, recognize that we don't have very many options. If we don't say something, then people get hurt. If we do say something, then people get hurt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, so there is no, there is no right way to protest. You know, there is, there, it, it is what it is. There's I mean, no more shut up and dribble. That's yes. right. That's right. Yes. It, it is what it is. We are at this crux in time where we're saying enough's enough, time's up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know. And I think there's power in that, um, you know, kind of what Damon brought in and, and what you brought in too, Catherine, around, you know, I have to find a place and space to be willing to to do this work together. Yeah. Um, because like you said, like you have white friends. You, I mean, I have white family members, although there is some of them that I'm saying, you're too fucking toxic. I'm not even, I'll leave that job up to someone else. I'm just going to let someone else do that one, boo. Sorry. Um, but I had an interesting experience over the last week in which uh, I had posted a, I think I shared it from you actually, Catherine. I share a lot of your shit, Catherine. I should give you more fucking credit. So I'm giving credit right here on this podcast. A lot of shit that I share, I get from Catherine. <laughs> so if you like my shit on Facebook, Catherine Follow probably Catherine. posted it. <laughs> well, that's good because I was like, "Oh, girl is woke." She's <laughs> like you said, I don't hang with no slouches. Um, <laughs> so uh, it was a it was a gif. Um, Black lives matter, trans lives matter. Um, you know, just flashing the different um, things and b black trans lives matter. Like you know, kind of going through the thing and uh, so. I have very few people from my hometown as friends on Facebook for obvious mm. reasons. I don't need to talk about it. I've talked about it. Um, but there's a smattering. There's a few that still are kind of hanging on there. And so this person commented on my page and said, you know, what, my life doesn't matter. And da, 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 you know, kind of went into his thing. And so I had made a decision a while back that when someone counters with that kind of question, here's my comment back from now on. What? articles books documentaries movies have you watched read or listened to that has informed you of this thinking pattern 
right? Before so tell me we can enter this conversation. Right, before I'm even going to waste my fucking energy mm-hmm. is tell me what has informed you and, yeah. and research validated research, right? Like I don't, yeah. don't give me some fucking bullshit, you know? So that's the number one question I've been asking people. And then the second question is, um, with this guy is I asked him, you know, what did he know about systemic racism and would would you be willing to keep an open mind if you don't know anything about it mm. and i expected like well and first he just answered yes and i'm like okay to which question that i asked you right <laughs> <laughs> um but so then we continued and and he said that yeah open mind i would be willing to keep an open mind so then at that point i took it to the dms and said you know because you're willing to have this conversation with me, now I will talk to you more about it. But I gave him homework first. I'm like, watch, yeah. watch the 13th. Like, mm-hmm. at minimum, let's just, just watch that. And then we'll come back and discuss. Um, oh, I, I'd asked him, you know, what, what was the way in which you learned best? You know, auditory, visual, or reading? Because I'm definitely an auditory and visual learner. I got to watch things and I got to listen to it. Um, and so that's why I suggested the documentary 13th. Because... It's an excellent documentary, and I think everybody should it's watch amazing. it. I mean, we watched it. Remember, when we watched it all together um, at uh, what's her name's house, and um, uh, so even that, like, I'm kind of finding myself in that space of how do I create connection with someone who really wants, you know, the connection, right? Because yeah. we can't do it without it, right? We can't. Yeah. We have been trying and trying to do it as people of color, but every, mm-hmm. every time before this, they kill us, they ostracize us, they do all these things. So it's like, we have to bring those people along with us. We have yeah. to be, go and plant the seeds of the ones that are willing to have the open mind and have the discussion. Um, Absolutely. it just sucks some, sometimes trying to get to that person. Right. Well, well and, and also to get to the point place. is we're training allies. Right. Yes. I mean, and I know people are like, well, they should do their own work. Well, guess what? I'm finding that people, allies really don't know what to do. They say, I want to do something, but they don't know what to do. And we say, well, go do your work, go do your this. That does, that's not teaching them, you know, so like you're doing. Hopefully this dude, when he educates himself, hopefully he'll start the same way with the friend. Hey, watch that documentary yeah. 30. Well, and, and you know, in, in, the, in the message, and he tells me he's got a... a son who's gay and a um, son-in-law who's black. <laughs> so I'm so? like, yeah, all the more reason why you should be fucking doing this work, bro. Yes. Like, and long time ago. Like, right. like, bro, I mean, you've been like, hello, but that's the problem, right? I got a black friend. I got a black yeah. husband. I got a, you know, I, um, I got a biracial child, <laughs> you know. I'm not racist. Yeah, I'm not racist. And I, I always say, stop using black bodies as evidence. Yes. Yes. You cannot just bring up all these bodies to show that you're racist because we've got too many dead bodies to show the country is racist. So bodies don't matter. Your mind. Yeah. How is your mind? Yeah. That's good. Well, okay, we could keep going all night long. Um so seriously though, thank you for being on here with us. This is not the last time I'm gonna get you back. Yeah, we'll get you back. We'll get you back. I love it. And you know, when we can actually hang out again, we're gonna have the biggest get together. 
because Damon oh, said he's going to come up from shows. California. Like we, beignets. yes, beignets yes. yes, yes. Like we, I mean, we're going to need hours. We need a full day. Yeah. Jerk chicken, jerk chicken. Uh, oh. No, it was the goat over at that Jamaican place. Yes, oh, my on MLK. Goodness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but until then, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thanks um, for inviting me. I'm just hella excited. Hella excited. Um, it, just, it, it did really good for me, too. I feel lighter. Awesome. So thank you. Yay! Nice. <laughs> um, so until next time, everyone, nos vemos. Nos vemos. Daisy? Daisy? What's your safe word? What's your safe word, Daisy? <laughs>